Um, so welcome in Jesus' name. If we haven't met yet, my name is Brian. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, if I haven't gotten to meet you yet, I'm looking forward to being able to do that uh, at some point soon. Uh, welcome in Jesus' name. This morning is going to be a little different. So this is something we do a couple times a year called our Family Worship Sunday. And so during Family Worship Sunday, uh, normal Sundays, the non-Family Worship Sundays, we have a bunch of kids here through fifth grade and uh, about halfway through our gathering, they go downstairs for their time and we stay up here for our time. And on Family Worship Sundays, I don't know if we join them or they join us. You can tell me by the end which way that works. But um, So the flow will be a little bit different. We'll interact a little bit differently, uh, and we'll be uh, jumping around a bit. And so in order to do that, we're going to actually start in the Scriptures. So if you have a Bible, would you open to Matthew chapter 11? Matthew chapter 11. And uh, we're going to wrap up this morning this series that we've been in for the last six weeks on the scriptures, on what it means to be people of the word who are shaped and formed by the word. Uh, For some of you who are uh, sharp as it relates to the church calendar, you know this is traditionally the first Sunday of Advent. We're evangelical, so next Sunday is going to be the first Sunday of Advent for us because we're allowed to do that. That's the way it works. And so, uh, and if you don't understand that, don't worry. It's okay. It's no big deal. Um, because, uh, because Christmas falls on a Sunday this year, we're kind of shifting our weeks a little bit to be able to wrap up our uh, scripture series today. And so over the course of this series, we've been engaging our practice guide, and we've been engaging a couple big picture ideas, how we read the scriptures. One, um, we read wide swaths of scriptures so that we would understand the overall storyline because God invites us into his story. And so we want to be people who are entering into his story. We also read meditatively, going over and over small passages, even words and phrases to be able to understand deeply because God's world word is revealed to us over a lifetime. And so we rest in his word and meditate on his word. Last week, then, we talked about the the spiritual authority of Scripture. We study Scripture so that we can understand what God is saying to us so we can submit ourselves to him. All of this is so that we would not just be informed, that we would learn more stuff, but that we would be formed, that we would be shaped by the Scriptures. We'd be people of the Word. And so this morning, we're going to look at kind of a subset of meditation that has traditionally been uh, practiced throughout the church called memorization. So some of you remember memorizing scripture. Um, We'll take a quick survey. First of all, how many of you grew up in church? I know that's not everybody, but if you grew up going to church, raise your hand. So that's that's most, not all, but most, okay. Um, If you grew up going to church, were you part of like uh, some kind of like an Awanas thing or uh, some kind of a, a Sunday school program that you memorized scripture? Raise your hand if you memorized scripture growing up. Okay, that's great. Wow. That's, now, there's a lot of kids raising their hands because um, at York Alliance, we have uh, something called Thrive on Wednesday nights. And as part of Thrive on Re- Wednesday nights, kids memorize big chunks of scripture. And so you're about to see some of that in action. And so these are some of our Thrive kids. And they're going to declare for us the beginning of John chapter 1. In the beginning was the word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. 
he came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light, he came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children who are not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made its dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with God, has made him known. John 1, 1 all right. Man. And you thought you were going to get a memory verse. Like, come on. How about that? Right? Like, man. They were going to do the entire Gospel of John, but we had other stuff to do today. So we just decided to stop there. Well done, guys. That was awesome. Really, really great. Um, so, so if you're looking for a place to plug in and volunteer, Thrive is the place to go because that happens every week. Like, how about that? That's un- unbelievable. Memorizing scripture. What does it mean to be people who know the word? Now, if you were one of those people who raised your hand and said, as a kid, I memorized scripture, now raise your hand if you still remember that scripture. Look around. There's a bunch of you, right, who, who remember it. It still comes back. Um, early on, 25-plus years ago, um, Amanda and I came to York Alliance, and uh, dear sweet Joyce and Morgan were teaching Navigators 2-7, and we were memorizing passages. We were memorizing. Man, we were memorizing. And I still have them. They still they come right into my mind. Uh, once you learn it, it, st- it stays in you. It stays with you. In this age... Why do we memorize scripture? When we can Google it and find it, um, when we can get the answers to the questions that we need in a moment, why would we memorize scripture? We're going to look at that specifically in a bit, but I want to first show you the way that learning scripture impacted Jesus' life, and that's going to take us to Matthew chapter 11. So I'm going to read uh, just a short passage. Uh, this is starting in verse 2, and read through, I'm going to read through verse 6. In in Matthew 11, the disciples of John are coming to Jesus with a message from John. John has been put in prison, and he will ultimately die in prison. And he's sent messengers to Jesus, and that's where we're going to pick it up. So this is starting in verse 2. Now when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? 
And Jesus answered them, go tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Sometimes Jesus is one of those guys, maybe you know people like this, who um, you ask them a yes or no question, and you get a much longer answer than that. Like, I'm one of those people, right? You ask, ask me a simple question, you're going to get the full answer, right? It's because it's the way it works. Uh, they, they come to Jesus, and the, the question's simple. Are you the one, or is there another one coming? Like, are you the Christ, or is there another one? It's a, it's a question that you almost wish Jesus would just say, yeah, I'm the one. Like, that's, yep. That's it, go home, go back, right? But that's not how he answers. What he says is, the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. Now what's really fascinating, if you have a Bible that has a bunch of cross-references in it, you're not gonna find that cross-referenced to a specific prophecy. But rather, you're gonna find that cross-referenced if you have a really, really good study Bible to about 10 different prophecies. Because what Jesus has done is he has so immersed himself in the scriptures that his response is not just yes, and it's not just quoting a messianic prophecy. It's actually quoting some from Isaiah 29 and some from Isaiah 30 and some from Isaiah 61 and then a few other odd end places in the Old Testament that he's bringing together to say a couple things. One, this is how I have discovered that I'm the Messiah. This is how I understand who I am. So this isn't just yes, this is I'm a specific kind of Messiah sent in a specific kind of way. He also says, this is the way the Messiah is going to work. This is how you should know that I'm the Messiah. Go back and tell John this is what's going on. He should know. He knows the Bible. Go back and tell him this is what you see. And he also, in a very fascinating way, tells John something about himself, because The passage that he quotes the most is Isaiah 61, and part of Isaiah 61 is that when the Messiah comes, the prisoners will be set free, and he intentionally drops that out in his message back to John to tell him, you're not going to be set free, but the Messiah has come. Memorizing scripture gives us a depth of understanding of the word that just knowing scripture doesn't. Jesus could have said, Yes, I'm the Messiah. And that would have communicated one thing. But by understanding the scripture, he communicates something different. In the same way, you and I could say, knowing John 1, Jesus comes from God, and he's the light of the world. But these kids know a much deeper level, or will over time know a much deeper level as they process all of these words that they've learned and understand the depth of scripture. So, this morning... We're going to do what some of you don't think you're capable of doing anymore, which is memorizing the Bible. Now, I know that you memorized the Bible when you were little, and uh, memorized a lot of stuff when you were little, and now you have Google, so you no longer have to memorize anything. But we are going to attempt it, and uh, we're going to attempt it because, one, it's a vitally important discipline for us to engage, but two, because you can do this. You just don't think you can do it, but you actually can. And so we are going to, we're only going to do five verses of John chapter 1. I know the kids did 18 and they could have kept going, but we're just going to do five and we're going to kind of run it over and over again between now and a little bit later. And by the time you're done, most of us at least 
are going to have John 1, 1 to 5 memorized. So, Josiah, if you want to go ahead and put that on the screen. We're going to start by just a couple times We're going to read this together. And if you've been in church for a while, you're so used to John 1 being read over the holiday season that um, you're going to say, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with... And then it all kind of runs together. Because, like, you know it, but you don't really know it. So the goal is for us to know it. We're We're going to get it today, okay? So let's read together. In the beginning was... So I want you to look at it now, just look at it, get it into your head, visually. And now we're going to read it again, all together. In the beginning, yeah, that's right, cheering for those people, that's it, yeah. But, but what, you're, what you're finding, hopefully, is as you go through the process, there's more and more words that are coming in, but beyond that, there's more and more understanding that's coming in. There are phrases that you're saying that you've probably heard said over and over and over again for years. But as you start to memorize, you start to see them differently. You start to understand them differently. So we're going to hit pause on this for right now. We're going to come back in a bit, talk a little bit more about why memorization is important in our culture today. But I want you to think about Matthew chapter 11. Jesus, are you the one? And Jesus' response, this is how you will know the Messiah. And then John chapter 1, a declaration by John of who the Messiah is. And we're going to sing together to Jesus, the Messiah. And as we worship, there'll be aspects of the song and there'll be aspects of what we're saying to one another. They'll come alive in a different way because we know the scriptures. So would you stand and let's sing together. He became sin Who knew no sin That he might become His righteousness He humbled himself Carried the cross The soul Body the bread. 
refreshing to just join in with those sweet sounds of the Advent season. <laughs> Thank you, team, for leading us so beautifully this morning. Well, good morning. My name's Tim Shuey. I'm one of the pastors here at York Alliance. A few weeks ago, when Brian asked me about sharing thoughts with you regarding the memorization of Scripture, I immediately felt that I was not at all qualified to stand before the York Alliance church family with a Bible memory faith story. I need to confess to you that this morning, that, that currently I'm more of a Bible wannabe memorizer <laughs> than one that does it more regularly. However, I gladly stand before you this morning to share how God has used memorization of, of extended passages of scripture to shape my spiritual journey. Before I share those thoughts, I, I simply want to commend the children and, and thrive for those for memorizing a portion of John 1. As adults, as Brian has already mentioned, I think we can all relate well to the reality of, of, song, of songs and poetry and scripture verses that we memorized in childhood and teen years and how those lyrics, that, how we have retained and, re, and remembered them and we can well recite them uh, as we get older. And so it thrills my soul to think of how the verses of John 1 uh, that these children declared this morning are going just to, to remain with them for the rest of their lives. In sharing my Bible memory experience with you, if I need to take you back to the fall of 2012 when I took a three-month sabbatical from ministry here at York Alliance. That period of time was, was so rewarding. I was blessed to spend time away at, at a beach as well as a cabin in the woods, time just to, to simply rest, to, to practice classical piano, and, and, but mostly to spend time in nurturing my own spiritual uh, journey, my relationship with Jesus through prayer and by being in the word. I journaled almost daily during that, my, my sabbatical and in late September of 2012, I wrote this. As I prayed this morning, I was led to read Psalm 145 and was overwhelmed by the richness of that complete Psalm. It suddenly struck me that I should memorize this passage. And so I began that endeavor. Church family memorizing Psalm 145 began my journey of entering into a rewarding practice that paved the way for me to freely offer the Psalms joyful expressions of praise to God, to recite the Psalmist declarations of God's greatness and his faithfulness and to proclaim the many promises of God that are contained within the, within the Psalm. Ever since that time of memorizing this psalm, my heart has over and over again been lifted in worship as I freely declare the psalmist's explosive opening lyrics that say, I, ex I, my, I, I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. This psalm lifts my heart in worship to freely declare that God is gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. Psalm 145 helps my heart in worship to, to claim the promises of God that he upholds all who are falling and raises up 
all who are bowed down. The richness and impact of memorizing the 145th Psalm was particularly noted on a beautiful fall day during my sabbatical. I wrote the following in my journal. After lunch, I practiced piano for four hours. Yeah, I, I actually did that. And then took a hike up the mountain while talking to God and reviewing the Psalm 145 passage. It was during that walk that I felt like my heart was filled and bursting. And I so well remember that day when I just was just crying out to God with these words of Psalm 145 and, and just being entering into a worship experience. Church family, over the past decade, I am so grateful for how God has used frequently this psalm and other memorized passages of scripture to help my heart enter into an intimate worship experiences. A couple of years following sabbatical, God stirred in my heart to enter into a memorizing another Bible passage, but this time it was tackling a, a bigger project, memorizing the whole book of Ephesians. Okay, well, I, ha I have to confess to you that while I, I, I maybe got off to a good start on that endeavor, uh, somewhere in the course of memorizing the third chapter, that, endeav that endeavor came to a halt. There are, you, know, you may know there are six chapters in Ephesians. However, having memorized just the first half of this New Testament book, I have been so blessed to declare and meditate on this portion of, of Ephesians, which vibrantly speaks into the identity that we have in Christ as followers of him. Paul's letter to the Ephesian begins, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ. In memorizing the rich passages of Ephesians, it has been a rich experience for my soul to be able to, de to declare aloud who I am in Christ, that in him I am redeemed, in him I am an adopted son, in him I am forgiven, in him I am accepted, in him I have been given his Holy Spirit, and the list goes on and on. Whether I, whether, uh, I continue memorizing the whole book of Ephesians or whether God leads me to memorizing another passage of scripture, I'm here before you this morning to simply let you know that Bible memory has been used by God to shape me in my spiritual journey and has provided a way for me to be a more passionate worshiper of Jesus. Colossians 3.16 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. In being asked to share this story with you this morning, I'm now resolved to continue pursuing Bible memory as a way to let God's word dwell in me more richly. And I pray that my experience has perhaps given encouragement for you also to engage God's word in this way. Thank you. not bad for a Bible memory wannabe, right? Like that's, that's all right. Because yeah. he didn't get all the way through Ephesians, but raise your hand if you have the first three chapters of Ephesians memorized. Tim, it looks like you're alone in that. Congratulations. That's great. Yeah, excellent. So the question is, why memorize scripture at all in 2022 when we all have in our pockets a machine that if you can just remember a word or two, you can figure it out? Like um, if I'm thinking, okay, there's something somewhere about my paths being straight or made straight, and then I Google paths made straight Bible, it's going to bring up for me Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. And all of a sudden, I don't need to have it memorized because the Google machine brings it up, right? Like, it's fine. So why would I spend time and energy and effort 
to put the word of God into me when I can so easily find it outside of me? Well, before I try to answer that question, I'd like the psalmist to answer that question. And so I'm going to ask you to listen to a portion of Psalm 119. We're going to do all of Psalm 119, but again, that would take a little longer, and Ethan was going to memorize, and I don't think that would be kind to him. So uh, this is Psalm 119, starting in verse 6, the second uh, section of Psalm 119. How can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. I've tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I praise you, O Lord, teach me your decrees. I've recited aloud all the regulations you have given us. I rejoice in your laws more than riches. I will study your commands and reflect on your ways. I will delight in your decrees and not forget your word. Amen. Me. Jesus, as we have throughout this morning, heard your word, meditated on your word, practiced your word, listened to one another as we declare your word. In these moments that we have left, would you allow your word, not ours, not any human word, but your word to take root in our hearts. And so God, where my words or anyone else's have been of our flesh, may they fall to the ground and be forgotten, but may the words that stay with us be yours, and may you form us according to your image and your likeness for your glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So what does the psalmist say about memorizing the word? Well, there's a fascinating uh, statement that he makes in Psalm Psalm 119, verse 11. He says, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. How does that work? Like, if I memorize it and I can declare it, then suddenly I'm going to, like, magically be without sin. Like, I just, I memorize the word, so no, I don't sin anymore. Well, no, it doesn't quite work like that. But what is happening? Well, Bible memory, like all of the practices of Jesus, aren't, it's not so much that it's layered on top of the rest of our life as it is uh, replacing the way that we normally naturally live. So if you remember when we looked at rule of life in the spring, I said to you, you already have a rule of life. You just don't know that you have a rule of life. You haven't figured out what that rule of life is. In the same way, you, you already meditate on something. It's just a matter of what that is. So um, there, there are voices, um, not necessarily literal, though sometimes, that run through your head all the time. There's a narrative that you're hearing. So back um, uh, when I was a teenager, I had a paper route. So that's a, that's a big generational gap because some of you. Um, so there used to be these things called newspapers, and they used to be delivered by people a long time ago. Um, and at, at the peak, my paper route was 126 papers, which isn't massive, but it was a long enough time that every day I had time to process. I'd go out, and sometimes it was an hour, and sometimes it was two or three, depending on how motivated I was feeling that day, you know, I would just go and deliver papers. And during that time, as I think back during all times, there were things just running through my head. And sometimes those were really good things. Um, I I would deliver papers and I would be dreaming about what I might do down the line. Or uh, at a very, very early stage in my walk with Jesus, when I was just, just beginning in a form that I probably couldn't have even put words to, what God might be doing in my life. 
But there were other days that I was thinking about other stuff, like what am I going to spend all of this money that I'm making on? You know, that was a big one. Like, like I'm going to be so, I mean, I'm delivering 126 papers. I may have $25 by the end of the week. Like, what am I going to do with that kind of wealth, generational wealth? Uh, so, so there was that kind of thing. But there were also uh, some darker, more difficult days, and maybe some of you can relate. When the voice in my head was reminding me of all of the ways I'd fallen short, and all the things I was tempted to do, and all of the ways that I had not lived the way that I had looked like I was living on the outside. And, and there were days where those couple hours of delivering papers were really difficult because they were the times when I was maybe most honest. And I was starting to hear voices that felt very accusatory. Some of you maybe know those voices because as you get older, the tenor... And the timbre of the voice might change. But those voices are still there. For all of us, there is a narrative running through our head. The question is, whose narrative is it? Because there are times where you're just daydreaming about what might happen. And there's times where you're wondering how you're going to spend the $25 that you're going to make. And there are times where there's a voice that's very accusatory and challenging and discouraging that's speaking words that, if left alone, will lead us down a path far away from the God that we desire to serve. So how is it that the psalmist says, I've stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you? What happens is we don't just start to think about the word. We replace one narrative with another. Tim said it so beautifully as he was walking up the mountain, Psalm 145 is just being reviewed in his head. Think of all the other voices that could have been there at that moment, but the voice that he heard was the voice of the psalmist saying, I will extol the name of the Lord. I will lift him up. I will exalt him. As we go through the process of memorizing just a simple section of John chapter 1, now all of a sudden the voice that's going through our head is reminding us The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. That God preexisted all things and he brought light into the world and that light has never once been overcome. And so we start to hear a different narrative and that different narrative starts to shape the decisions that we make and the actions that we do and where we're going in life. So with the psalmist, I would say to you as we store up the word in our heart, We are able to not walk into sin, not because we have some superpower, but because the narrative that's speaking to us is reminding us of who we actually are, not who our enemy says that we are. And so we practice. Because you can always Google and find the verse. But Google is not going to get into your head. Well, maybe it does. I'm not sure about that. Uh, But Google is not going to be speaking the healthy narrative of the scripture to you. And so we're going to wrap up John 1, 1 to 5. I was really aggressive when I was planning this and thought that we would get through another three or four verses, but we, we did the first part of the 830, and I was like, there's zero chance these people are getting through more than five. And by these people, I mean me, because that was about as much as I could handle. So we're going to wrap up John 1, 1 to 5. And so I'm going to put it up in front of you again. You already have it kind of bouncing around in your head, so we're going to declare it once. 
and then we're going to start to put some blanks in, and we're going to work our way through. Are you ready? We can do this. We're going to do this all together. Here we go. In the beginning, what? Well done. Very good. Very good. So now, raise your hand if you were more than 50% that time through. You, like more than 50%. Oh, that's like, that's almost all of us. That's great. So, so see, here's what happened. We spent, between the early part of our gathering and this part of our gathering, we probably spent eight to nine minutes memorizing this passage. That's it. And you got a bunch of it in eight to nine minutes. If you just take a, a note card in the morning, and you take a passage of scripture, and you write it down, and you put it in your pocket, or in your purse, or whatever, and then you just pull it out, and through the day, you're going through it in your head, particularly at those times when that voice starts to say stuff that you know you shouldn't be listening to. What a beautiful way for us to put the word in our heart. Not so that we know more stuff. Because Jesus could have said, yes, I'm the Messiah. Go back. (laughs) But instead, he said, this is the heart of what it means to be the Messiah. And this is what it means that I've come to you. In that very same way, as we engage the word, as we shape our lives, our formed by the scriptures, we become more like him. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, in his work, Life Together, talks about the word this way. The word of scripture should never stop sounding in your ears and working in you all day long, just like the words of someone you love. Do not ask, how shall I pass this on? But what does it say to me? Then ponder this word long in your heart until it has gone right into you and taken possession of you. So often, our word from the scripture is, how do I pass this on to someone else? How can I understand what I want to know? How do I get what I need from it? I think Bonhoeffer's words are wise. What does it say to me? And how can I store it in me so that it will become part of me, that it will form and shape me? So as we wrap up this series on the scriptures, I hope you've heard one thing over and over again. The goal is not just to get more knowledge. The goal is not just to be able to answer questions, to be informed. But the goal is that we would be people who are shaped by the word. And so as we go from here, the worship team is going to lead us in uh, a time of response just to be able to, uh, to point our hearts towards God with the scriptures ringing in our ears. And then as we go, uh, we're going to walk out into the world. And the intent, the hope is that we'd be people who have the word in our hearts so that it would come out of us. So would you pray with me? Jesus, I thank you for these men and women. I thank you for the journey that you've had us on over the last six weeks through the scriptures. And I thank you for the fact that you are shaping us, not just being shaped by one another, which is happening in the culture around us, which is happening whether we like it or not, but even more so by your word and your truth. And so God, would you continue that shaping process? Would you continue to give us the grace to read wide swaths of scripture so that we would be able to enter into your story? to meditate on your word so that we would be formed and shaped by your truth and it would be unveiled to us. To study your word so that we would be people who make decisions that align with your truth under your spiritual authority. And that we would hide your word in our heart. We'd memorize scripture so that we would walk more closely with you. Jesus, we long for you, and we're so grateful that you've given us the word as one of the ways that we can connect our hearts with you. Continue to help us to do that with your grace. 
We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.